Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Treehouse, episode 46. Is it Spindle Shanks? With Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Yeah, it's very good morning to you, everyone. Here we go again with another three-hour truth serum hypolonic without the slightest hint of vulgarity. And uh, I, before we come on, as we know, on any of these shows, as we know, maybe for first-time listeners, we don't know that, perhaps. Don't look at it like that. It's, it could happen. And uh, uh, the first time we come on, uh, I usually have a, a, a good, you know, a, a groundswell of interesting topics, I mm-hmm. think. I think that historically have, topical. Historically topical. That's what we are. Historically topical. Uh, but today, I stumbled across just about the most complicated thing I have ever in my. Well, it is the most complicated thing in the world. I found it, everyone. Okay. Now you may feel that some of the uh, terms and conditions you have to listen to uh, when you're on a, on a phone line might be the most difficult. It, but what I'm about to tell you really does make the brief history of time look like lyrics to a Cockney reject song. It is. It will send you into the arms of something like Warhammer saying, ah, at last, something straightforward. <laughs> it is. Uh, it, I tell you what, the, the, the first thing I looked at this morning, right, uh-huh. good morning, everyone, we do start the show in Stanta. Uh, it just said, and I'd never heard of this fellow, perhaps, and I don't think you've ever heard of this fellow, perhaps, and there's no re- Henry Rasp. Henry Rasp. No, no, not come across him. And I looked at Henry Rasp, and it was twelve forty-nine. Oh, it was what I thought of. You know, it's the time for lunch. Who knows about twenty? Exactly. Uh, I always think some of those years, years ago, (laughs) uh, absurd. I mean, there was a year. No, honestly, if you lived in the year ten eleven, isn't that weird? (laughs) What's it? Ten (laughs) eleven. What went on in those times? I know. Eleven twelve. It's eleven twelve. Uh, all right, I think yes. anyone then said, "What a time to be alive!" I know, I know, it's I know. Drudgery. It, it, it's odd in 2021 to look back and uh, thumb the nose at 11, 12, but 11, you know, six, seven, eight. I mean, we only had two, two numbers. It's the year, it's the year 18. <laughs> it must have won. I wonder if this is going to go anywhere. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't want to get uh, Henry Rasp. In Henry Rasp, in uh, if I get this right, in 1246, uh, he was elected by the Rhenish. Pr- uh, pr- of France as the anti-king. 
Oh. An anti-king. Oh, now people might be in favour of one of those. I thought, well, an anti-king is basically what uh, other people call a pretender, but you used to be able to get, get elected it. An anti-king. You'll have a coronation and everything. Uh, if, the, if, if the line of succession didn't go your way, you just declare yourself the anti-king. Now, I thought, there's something here. That itself is not complicated. Good morning, everyone. Uh, but um, I saw anti-king. So I looked up anti-king, and anti-kings are still going on what? on what are called, and this is where, and I'm not going to get bogged down in this because it is really, really, really complicated, on fairy chessboards. Fairy chessboards. Have you ever heard of a fairy? Chess itself. Do you play chess, by the way, perhaps? Oh, terrible at it. But, but Terrible you, you, at it. I haven't you, got the patience or the inclination to think three steps ahead. I'd, I'll, no, I'll move that one. No, oh, I do. That's all right, fine. Uh, My brother beat me in ten minutes one Christmas day. That's fine. but you That's enjoy- probably the last time I played. I, I'm an enthusiastic uh, chess player, but I have no idea what I'm doing. I just think, oh, there's a good move. Yeah. That goes. I'm, I'm picking up the horse and going three and then one. That's all good. If yeah. you don't understand chess, then what I'm about to tell you will actually make you faint dead away. Because I thought fairy chess is uh, that the anti king is still a piece in fairy chess. Well, that sounded quite pleasant. All I can tell you is uh, uh, you can either pause this recording or after this go and look up and uh, not anti chess, it should be anti chess, fairy chess on the Wikipedia and I stopped taking notes. It is the most. <laughs> complicated there's an extra as apart from chess which as you say you've got to remember a lot there's an extra about 200 pieces oh come off it there are 200 pieces uh, there are things like the advisor the assassin the adenac grasshopper the blind monkey the camel the drunken elephant this is just your abcd how big's the board i don't know i've no idea uh, and, and the way it moves it explains on there by the way and we'll get down to the show in, in a second something like the cavalier Right, uh-huh. the Cavalier. I just thought chess was chess. Well, oh, no, it, it wasn't complicated enough for some people. Uh, let's say some men. Let's put it that way. I think Cavalier moves either one square diagonal followed by an orthogonal slide outwards, or an orthogonal slide followed by a one square outwards diagonal. Now, that's just that's just that. There's a lot to unpick just on the or- orthogonal. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm so pleased you said that. I actually, I split it down into three syllables here because I thought orthogonal, orthogonal, orthogonal. Is it a, is orthogonal. It, is it a relative of hexagonal? It's one of those. It, it, it's diagonally, isn't it, by another name, but uh, orthogonal. So you've got. Oh, or- sorry, I only just got diagonally. <laughs> Oh, this show always bears. There's, oh, there's, there's layers within layers, as anyone knows. Uh, this is um. Uh, you, didn't you even know diagonally? No, you mean you've just got the puns. <laughs> Did you really? Wow, what a sensational moment to capture! You never got diagonally before. <laughs> What did you think? It was just oh, God, she's clever. No, 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 just Diagon Alley. I thought it was a sort of dragon or something. <laughs> As I say, I don't really think much. Well, I forget. Oh, wow. We're going to get round to your emails because we had a clearance show last time and we're on that backlog again. Uh, I, for years, I didn't know when um, Maureen Lipman used to do the adverts for British Telecom. Mm. And she was called BT. I didn't know it was BT. Did not know that. Didn't for years and years. I, I, I got BT. that years later. I, I think I mentioned before. Sandy Shaw didn't didn't put those two words together. I didn't. I didn't put those two words together for about ten years. Oh, oh, okay. Sandy Shaw. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners oh. have various others. Diagon Alley. 
Yeah, we like to think we're sophisticated. And here we are, d- baffled by something called fairy. No, we are. Yeah, I don't know. And I dare say people are laughing down their sleeve at our ignorance, but there yeah. it is. I'll just give you this last bit. And because it goes on and on and on this impossible game called fairy chess uh it says has many examples of pieces that do not require capture by replacement such as the withdrawer a piece which captures an adjacent piece by moving directly away from it <laughs> i literally could not talk after i read that i spoke like the people in uh, animal crossing <laughs> Oh, uh, and the, the last one, the Joker. In one of the definitions of the Joker, one of them, one mimics the last move made by an opponent. An opponent, for example, if the white moves a bishop, black can follow by moving the Joker as a bishop. Now, how many looking at all these pieces? How would you have to? So fairy oh. chess, everyone. Brought to us. my brother used to do with those Dungeons and Dragons and all yeah, the exactly. Dice. But this makes all of that look straightforward. <laughs> so uh, there's that. And the last thing I want to say is the show today. Uh, do you remember what the show today is called Pepsi? If I might just uh, put that up on you again. Uh, called... Is it Spindle Shanks? It's Spindle Shanks because, in a much nicer way, it's one of the uh, Brother Grimm's birthday today. You know, the, 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 the mm. great old Brothers Grimm. Uh, and when you think about this, starting the show literally in 10 seconds, promise you, 10 seconds, the Brothers Grimm don't get enough uh, heat, don't get enough statues. Uh, we think we know the Brothers Grimm. But they may even make the Beatles look like a lot of fuss about nothing. The Brothers Grimm, right, brought the world Rumpelstiltskin, Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, Hansel and Gretel, Rapunzel, Beauty and the Beast, Three Little Pigs, Sleeping Beauty and Snow White. (laughs) All the fairy tales then, basically. Not a bad CD of CV, is it? Although they did also make The Goose Girl and The Wolf and the Seven Young Goats. Flops, flops, (laughs) flops. That's all right. Even Rodgers and Hammerstein had Pipe Dream, their biggest flop. Uh, But yeah, so uh, reading The Brothers Grimm, and I looked up Rumpelstiltskin, and just before we start, I'll tell you this. Which one was Rumpelstiltskin? What? How could you say that? The scales are falling from my eyes. Come back, Lindsay. What are you talking about? How can you tell me you didn't get diagonally? Two minutes later, say, what's Rumpelstiltskin? Rumpelstiltskin. All civilised people agree the greatest, if the, you know, most uh, edgy of all the fairies. Well, that's why I would have been terrified of it. Rumpel- I used to hide my um, Three Little Trolls book because it scared the Watsons. That's, that's the, the, the Rumpelstiltskin, yeah. no chance. That's the one that got you've, away from the Brothers Grimm. You've explained Streifel Peter to me before, and oh, yeah. no, no, not going near that. So, so your Rumpelstiltskin, as all civilised people agree, as I said, is the number one of all of these. Uh, it's the um, the queen, or possibly a princess, uh, who's locked up in a tower until mm-hmm. she can spin straw into gold, yes? Ah, yes, yes, yes. Little man appears and says, I will do this for you, but you must give me your firstborn child. Oh, yeah. Mm. Red once, didn't like. <laughs> yeah. I think probably my and review. Know, and he says, the only way you can stop this is if you guess my name. And she do, he does spin the straw into gold, and he returns a year later and wants the child that she's carrying. Oh, no. But she yeah, says dark. to him, she says to him, morning, everyone. She says to him, uh, uh, okay, because she, I can't remember how she finds out his name is Rumpelstiltskin. There's another bit in there anyway. But so she, uh, she says to him, is your name Spindleshanks? Oh. No. <laughs> then she says the second one, but I can't remember. I think it's Bathsalba. Is your name Bathsalba? No. Is it Rumpelstiltskin? And he 
is so angry she gets it and he's got to not take her child away that he stamps on the floor so hard he tears himself in two and I always yeah. love that bit of it I always yeah. love that bit of it read it today though none of that is in there no. none of it that that was very much not Brambley Hedge, which was my preferred bedtime was reading. It? No, the no. that built houses in tree stumps. Oh, that was much. You, more you have, yeah, well, the faraway tree and stuff like that, of course. But um, uh, if you look up modern tellings of that story, I promise you, everyone I found online, because I was trying to find that middle name, now says, "Can you guess my name?" And she says, "Is your name Peter? Oh. Is your na- yeah, is your name David? Is it?" Now, what happened, to, what happened to Spindleshanks and Bathsalva? All the modern version. And he doesn't tear himself in two anymore. He just goes away sucking his thumb. Anyway, good morning, everybody. That is the preamble over with. What are we doing today, Peps? Well, you, um, we, we, we cleared the decks uh, last we week, earlier in the week. So yes, you we sent out a few subjects uh, yesterday. So breaking things in shops. Mm-hmm. Stuff you've uncovered while renovating mm-hmm. and terrible plays and stories you wrote as a kid. Well, we'll get on with those. We'll wait under those, I suspect, next week. Give us something come over there, Peps. Well, from Adil in uh, Birmingham, we talked about um, Ho Chi Minh last week. <laughs> West Is it West Drayton's Ho Chi Minh? He, he was the pastry chef at the West Drayton Hotel before he went on to be Ho Chi Minh. Yes, he was. He <laughs> says, I was lucky enough... It says he entitles the email Uncle Ho. Mm. I was lucky enough to go to Hanoi last year and went to the Ho Chi Minh in Mausoleum. Oh. Right about the queues, it was a 40 degree heat and I was told off by soldiers for taking pictures outside. I knew for t- photographs were strictly forbidden inside the tomb, but not in the queue as well. We all walked past the body in respectful silence, then out to his private residence, which does indeed have large fish ponds. Mm. I later learned that the body in the mausoleum is actually a waxed model and the real body is kept somewhere else and has to be sent back to Russia for annual maintenance. Oh. And that the whole embalming process went against Ho Chi Minh's wishes who wanted to be cremated. Oh, is that right? Now, why would you do Great update, an, Adil. An effigy. We've done effigies on here in wax museums before. That just seems a bit of... And why can't, why can't you take the photo of an outside of a building? I wouldn't say any of this, of course, if they pointed the muzzle of the gun <laughs> at me. But that, 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 you, you're queuing here to see a wax model of a, of, a, of a dead leader of this country. You should be able to take the photo of the outside of the building. We've got a, a, a unusual mentions of pop culture uh, in, in unlikely places. Once we did um, the, on the football show, and uh, somebody said they went to Vietnam and went to one of the great um, uh, ancient mo- uh, monuments there, where they have those statues of the world on the turtle's back and all of that, you mm. know, and beautiful, sacred places. Uh, and then there was a bookshop at the end, which had every kind of meditation and, um, uh, say, ancient uh, philosophy books. But right in the middle of it was a pile of Manchester United's Roy Keane's autobiography, My Story. <laughs> he said, it was the angriest man in football. It, it jarred you back into the present. Yes, it did. He had Roy Keane's autobiography in stock at this, at this otherwise philosophical stall. Uh, this, this is a beautiful story. Uh, I'm not, it's, it's apropos nothing, but that's fine. That's the way we like it. This has been sent to us from Dave. He says, uh, uh, I've been catching up on the podcast. Well, thank you, Dave. And thought you might like this true story from my early days as a police officer in Gloucester. I love this. Uh, I, I literally LOL'd when I read this. Uh, it's not, it's, I don't want to overbuild it. It's not a tremendous story, but there's one element of it I adore. Uh, I joined the police in 76. Having gone through training and a month with an experienced tutor, I was authorised to do solo patrol. My tutor told me that if rain was possible, always wear a raincoat. No one wants to see a wet policeman. 
early 1977 on the 210 shift, I set off in just my tunic, and after an hour or so, the skies darkened and the rain began to fall. Remembering my tutor's adage of a good policeman is never a wet policeman, I sought refuge in a shop doorway, which went back quite a distance. By now, the rain was coming down in stair rods. Quietly tucked away in the doorway, I was soon joined by a frankly scruffy chap carrying a small plastic bag. He looked at me, I looked at him, and even from his distance, I could smell on his breath that it had a drop, quite a few drops, actually. I was in full police uniform, the helmet and everything. But this chap sidled up to me and said, Do you want to buy a drill? I'm sorry? Do you want to buy a drill? I asked if he was selling one, and he opened the carrier bag to reveal a black and decker drill in a triangular-shaped box. It looked brand new. I saw the Hilfords label for 1899. Because of his demeanour, I naturally assumed the worst of him, and, well, I arrested him. He put up a bit of a struggle, but transport was summoned and he was taken off to the cells. The station sergeant deemed him too drunk to be interviewed straight away, so I carried on patrolling. A visit to Halfords did indeed reveal a neat stack of drills with one box missing, and a check of the day's stock revealed that one, none had been sold that day. So, around 8pm, it was decided he was fit to be interviewed. I sat down with him with the requisite questions. Before I could say a word, he said, do me a favour. I said, what? He said, did I offer to sell you a drill earlier? Yes, you did. And were you in complete uniform and everything at the time? Yes, I was. <sighs> Is there any way, officer, we can keep this very private? <laughs> no, there's not. And then he said, with a groan, oh, my mates are going to have a field day with me. He subsequently had to appear in court, admitted the offence, and even the judge was giggling. Now, there's nothing in that story but the idea that the fellow walked over to him and do you want to buy a drill to a couple? <laughs> I mean, all of us, you know, a certain degree of... down the pub. I know. And tell us I... again, tell us again. Well... <laughs> I know the idea he actually sort of said, did I sell you a drill? Is there any way we can keep this private? <laughs> actually, I think that might be code, as my old man said. So if I give you a drink, can I go? Ah, that yes. might have been a bit of that. Uh, but anyway, thank you very much indeed, Dave. It is indeed a tremendous story. And the, uh, that has now passed into the legend of the show. Can I, do you want to buy a drill? <laughs> give us something over there, Peps. Well, you also mentioned on Twitter being hit on the head as an additional story. I did. I may have had a, a couple when I did that because I knew floodgates would be open. Well, it wasn't, Steve... so much, been, it wasn't so much you've been hit on the head. What have you been hit on the head by? I've been hit on the head by a double-decker bus. I, I bent down. Yes, I did. I bent down at the curbside, crouched down to tie a shoelace, and a, a bus uh, dealt me a glancing blow and spun me round. No lasting effect from it, I don't think. Uh, but it spun me around. I thought, all right, I've been hit by a double-decker bus on the head. What, what have we got there, Peps? Well, some Steve. Ahoy, hoy. Growing up in Bexley Heath in the late 60s, early 70s, we used to frequent one of those death trap playgrounds with wall-to-wall concrete and dangerous equipment. As we want to do, we tried to make it even more unsafe. And one day came across a rather long scaffold plank, which we attached to what we called the umbrella, the conical climbing frame that spun on an uneven axis. The witch's so, hat, yes. I was going to say, you would call it the witch's hat. <laughs> Having secured the plank into position, one of my mates sat on one end, I positioned myself on the other, and the mates started to spin the umbrella. It was like being on one of those centrifugal machines they train astronauts on until they decide they have to eject. 
You're probably way ahead of me as the outcome. I leapt off only for the other end of the plank to smack me back across, across the back of my head oh. on its way round, taking me off my feet and leaving me in a crumpled heap, out cold. The only time I've ever been knocked out. No serious damage. And of course, I had given my friends much to find hilarious. No, I actually did call them umbrellas. I did the clarification for uh, where a lot of people didn't. Have you ever been knocked out, Peps? No. Me neither. Touch wood. Oh, touch wood. Oh, touch wood. Uh, never been knocked out. Uh, 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 Muhammad Ali uh, wasn't knocked out much, but he says uh, he came very close to it once, and he said, uh, I think it might be Michael Parkinson, he said, what does it feel like? And he said, you, you hear alligators playing trombones in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> now, if that's true, then, then bring it on. Bring it on. No, I'll get, I remember I've my never mom, been knocked out. I remember my mum fainting making the Sunday lunch once I was about oh. five or six and I remember my nan going throw the cabbage water on her <laughs> and my mum said that brought her around quicker I'll than bet. anything else I'll bet the, of the cold cabbage water no fainted swoon no. none of that no no. no 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 not prone to it this is uh, from our friend Bill uh in home base once, I saw George Cooper, Henry Cooper, the boxer's brother, carrying a curtain pole on his shoulder like Eric Sykes in the plank. When he turned round and dealt me a glancing blow on the nut, Nonk. he was so apologetic that I was only too happy to have been hit by a member of that family. Well, that's very big of you there, Bill. There's, there's two or three of these, I suspect. One thing we must uh, bring you, uh, the song I wrote. Now, I don't know, ah. you know my song. Um, uh, I was born in the 70s with... I can never remember it now, <laughs> probably mercifully. Uh, uh, I live in the 70s with lots of ever and lots of squeeze. Uh, that, yes, yes that underpowered song. Well, it was underpowered, but of course, uh, some genius out there whose name I don't have to hand has set it to music. Uh, it's not complete yet. I think we only got to 76, <laughs> but by the magic of uh, uh, post-production, here we go, everyone. It's been set to music. Dig this. I live in the 70s, chuckle of Bowie and lobster cheese. I live in the 70s, fever 71. I live in the 70s, where I first heard ever and first heard squeeze. I live in the 70s, fever 72. I live in the 70s, lots of Mark Polans and Brian Ferris. I live in the 70s, FIFA 73. I live in the 70s, when I heard the Four Seasons and Three Degrees. I live in the 70s, FIFA 74. I live in the 70s, with Elvis Costello and the police. I live in the 70s, FIFA 75. I live in the 70s, Steve Jones and Ryan's obscenities. I live in the 70s, FIFA 76. There you go, Peps. It's it, it's shaping up. Gosh. It's... It, it, it. <laughs> You can come back in now, everyone. I, I, I know I'm all for it. We've got another song possibly later on in the show. But for the moment, I, I think that's plenty. In, and thank you very much. What you got there, Peps? Well, we just heard about a homeware store, so we'll go with Beth and her Dunelm Domino Rally. Mm. I had a massive catastrophe in Dunelm. It was awful, and I've never heard a noise like it again in my life. 
I had gone in to shop for pasta bowls and found them oh. and had them clutched in my hand, making my way to the checkout. Unfortunately for me, some photo frames caught my eye and I gave them closer inspection. They were stacked, I suppose, a bit like old school albums, so you would flick forwards and backwards as you please. Mm. As I was flicking through, I realised the first row was overlapping the second and so forth. I managed to use my free hand to push them back. However, as I moved my hand away, they started to lunge forward again. I now have ceramic pasta bowls in one hand and the other hand is forever keeping photo frames of all shapes and sizes from crashing to the floor. I'm stuck now because the shelf is too high for me to let go and put the pasta bowls down on the floor. And as the work of a moment, I dropped the pasta bowls, smash, and let go of the frames at the same time with the idea of quickly using both free hands to push them back. Too slow. The frames went off in a domino rally, frame after frame, (laughs) flipping forward, jumping ship. The aisle was 40 feet long. The noise was deafening as hundreds of frames fell and clattered to the floor. Then it was over. Shelves bereft of frames, a stunned silence broken five seconds later by umpteen babies in the shop beginning to cry. (laughs) I have never felt so humiliated or clumsy. Oh that's man, that's a beaut, an absolute beaut on on the old candid camera uh, before oh, uh, you've been framed yeah. on the old one with Jonathan Rouse. Uh, they used to do that as a regular thing. I don't know if you remember in supermarkets, well, certainly in the sixties and seventies, had pyramids of canned goods. They oh, would be a, a classic, have, yeah. With, yeah, with, with, with like um, fifteen at the bottom, rising to just one can at the top, and they would have a piece of tripwire on the bottom uh, can and just as people innocently went by it uh, from two feet away they would pull it and the whole lot would come down leaving the person going I didn't touch it I didn't touch it (laughs) (laughs) I promise you I didn't touch it that's a tremendous gang Uh, and uh, our correspondent there obviously doing a a tribute and a salute we'll do one more and then we'll do the uh, ad break Uh, this is from Transylvania Peps Transylvania I know uh, so, pardon me, boy, is that the Transylvania choo-choo? This is from Sam. Uh, it's about the other week, and I said, um, uh, who did your um, uh, grandparents meet? And he says, uh, Walter, my... Uh, so I don't point Sam, it could be a woman, of course. Uh, Walter, my maternal grandfather, didn't meet this person per se, but grew up with him and went to school with him. So don't look at me like that. Well, I meant. As a young boy, at maybe eight or nine, he was friends with Phil Drabble, you know, from the show One Man and His Dog. I'm sure your listeners will know that. One Saturday, they went to the big house near the village together with a terrier and asked the landowner if they could clear his house of rats. <laughs> <laughs> the story the days before Game Boys. Well, my sister, oh. we were talking the other week. Now, this, uh, again, Peps, will make you, but I think your, your mum will probably nod in agreement. Uh, on the estate when I grew up, I apologise, Sam, we're coming straight back to this story. When I was growing up, um, uh, certainly in the 60s, uh, young girls on the estate in the school holidays would get together and go and knock on doors to women they knew had recently had babies and say, Hello, Mrs. Joseph, can we take your baby over the park? And and the women would say, oh, yeah, hang on, I'll just get a few things. And they would let the girls just push them over the, you know, several streets away to whatever nearby park and bring the baby back later. Now, today, I can't imagine people saying, sorry, 
uh, we, we know your daughter and she said you've had a baby. Can we just take it off? <laughs> Women, oh, yeah, hang on. I'll get out to put a bonnet on it and away you go. <laughs> my mum my said she walked to school age six with the other children. You know, that oh, yeah, that's that. Off you go. That, that, that is a not much of a massive leap. Just hand the baby over as well. Uh, I, I, um, I would say I'm not trying to wax nostalgic about this, but it does seem almost extraordinary. And here's someone, our friend Sam, uh, together with his, his friend, uh, the grandfather of, uh, knocking on doors saying, we've got a terrier. Can we get rid of your rats? Presuming, presuming the house is... Anyway, this... So he says, he knocked on the door and said, can we clear your house of rats? The squire, for we must call him that, agreed and promised the boys a shilling a rat. And remember, this is the Ooh. 1920s. They worked, with their, they worked with their dog all morning and reported back to the gentleman with a potato sack filled to the brim with 21 live rats. 21 live rats. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a whole guinea's worth. <laughs> this show's really recorded in 1940, isn't it? Anyway, um, the landowner would not believe they'd caught that many rats and accused them of bringing these live rats with them and make, to make good on his side of the bargain. No, nothing of the sort, they said. Anyway, the argument went on and my grandfather then tipped up the sack, releasing 21 live rats back into the old man's house, into the hall. And he, Phil and the dog, turned on their heels and ran, leaving the squire, kicking 21 live rats from his ankles. Now, this is the real-life Pied Piper, isn't it? A, a, a thousand, a thousand guilders? Come, take 50. The old boy would not cough up. It was a generous rate, but he offered it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do some, um, uh, do a few adverts. Uh, and when we return, uh, we've got a tremendous call. And listen to this, everyone. And this is why I've probably been a little hyper in this. The partial return of the sausage sandwich game. When we return. Hello, I'm Jay Rayner and I host the Out to Lunch podcast where I take fabulous guests out for lunch and grill them to a turn. For now, whilst lockdown reigns supreme, we're staying in for lunch instead and we've got great company. Fascinating people share only the best takeaways with me over webcam. Great food and insightful conversation with the likes of Gary Neville, Sharon Horgan, George Ezra and Dieter Von Tees. If you Have you ever had a cream pie in the face? No! So if you, like me, enjoy food and are missing restaurants, subscribe to Out to Lunch with Jay Rayner, available wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, everybody. It's the Danny Baker Show, radiating out across the airwaves. Come the sunshine or the rain, come aboard the Danny train. We'll kick our slippers off and throw our cares away. What better thing to do than have a jolly J-Pot too? Don't touch that dial, there's nowhere else to go. Come and join a happy session, wave ta-ta to the recession. On the Danny Baker Show. Take it away, Danny. And we're back. And uh, thank you very much indeed, Wisby, of course. Uh, and we're going to go straight into uh, our call now because I've got a partial return of uh, a dear old friend. And I, I hope of many of you too. Uh, Peps, who have we got? We've got Lisa. Okay, Lisa. Hi. Hey, Lisa, bless you for being there. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we used You're to welcome. do, um, we, had a, we had a little dog and pony show once on the BBC. Didn't end well. And, uh, uh, but we used to do this sausage sandwich game. And we're trying to figure out, Lisa, I know this is not what you've called in for. We're trying mm -hmm. to figure out how we can uh, uh, do it with just one phone line. And you can't. There's no way, Lisa. Don't look at me like that. No. You can't do it. But no, but uh, all the way, Danny. Brainsauce all the way. Oh, Lisa, you've given away your. I'm just about to play it with you. I I'll tell you what. That's right. 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 That
Well, uh, that, that, that's a say now. You've, oh, you've she's one of those, Dan. You, you see that? Yeah. Now you've showed your hand. The whole thing is a farce. Not, not like the rest of this broadcast. Uh, uh, well, but, you can try but, it with three different sauces. I quite like chilli sauce as well. No, you can't. You cannot corrupt the purity of it. One cannot do this. There's <laughs> only two bottles on the counter, Lisa. There's only two oh, bottles right, on the right. counter. And an invisible uh-huh. one. Otherwise, it's like you know, crossing your, your those in, in Ghostbusters when you mustn't cross the the rays or whatever it is. You mustn't do that. However, oh, uh, let's before you start your let's let's do a little game of it, right? I'm going to um, okay. you, you, you give the answer, Lisa. Right? You don't say if you yeah. bear it. You, you I'll ask Pepsi a question and then you give the answer. And pointless, I know, but we're just road testing this for women we do uh here we go so uh peps in peps's house right she's got she's got a shower there's a shower in peps's house where's you uh now, now, now here lisa the shower curtain she has it's it's a plain shower curtain it's just a very beautiful just cream or white maybe you know it could be some goth black we don't know it's plain it's patterned or it's actually no shower curtain at all. It's a glass door. What do you think? There in Pepsi's house, the shower curtain in her shower is. Is she a classy girl? <laughs> well, 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 on hopes that's been established over the weeks and weeks of broadcasting here. That is, of course. Right, I'm gonna. What do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna say glass, Danny. You're gonna say glass, Pepsi. In your house, in your shower, the shower curtain is plain. The shower curtain is patterned. You have no shower curtain at all. It's a glass door. What is the answer, please, Louise Pepper? Well, it was supposed to be a glass door, but the fitments didn't work, so it is a plain white shower curtain. Oh, look at this. One of those bangs. We can do it. We can do it uh, somehow. And, and I hope that's made a lot of people sit down and look off into the middle distance saying, them's were the days. Uh, Lisa, <laughs> why are you tucking in a coat? What's the story? Well, you, you asked about things um, coming into contact with heads, and uh, my dad <laughs> nearly okay. killed my mum once. Go on. Um, but it was my mum's fault because she had this thing that in our house we call um, an assault weed. Which, oh, no, what? Um, it is assault weed. Okay. I thought we'd, I thought we'd paint the garage door. I, th- I thought we'd have new curtains. I thought oh, we'd. Oh, wow. Brilliant. And I thought we'd. Brilliant. And I thought we'd. And I thought we'd. Go on. So she had the assault weed that we'd have new doors. And it mm-hmm. was in the probably early 80s, and we got those naff 1960s Satili things. And she wanted this nice thick panel, uh, wooden, varnished, stained things upstairs. Mm-hmm. So my dad, Julie, and he's not one, he wasn't one for DIY. Um, mm-hmm. He he set about taking off the old architrave and took the doors off. And then he was doing the bathroom door. And my mum, she can't keep a beak out, so she. <laughs> sidled into the, the bathroom to give him directions and he was trying to take the inner door casing out and mm-hmm. the, the top was properly properly wedged so she was standing inside the bathroom and he was standing on you might have had one at the time one of these little round dirty linen baskets with the foam lid and he was standing on that there was no, no health and safety but he was standing on that wielding a hammer now, um, uh, uh, just, um, <laughs> just interrupt here a second to remind everyone the subject under discussion is what have you been hit on the head by? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Lisa. So he's, he's five foot four and three quarters, so he's not generously built in the height kind of direction. Mm-hmm. So he's standing on the, the linen basket and it was it was properly wedged, the, the top of the door frame. So he tried to lever it off with a screwdriver and then lost his rag a bit, really. And mum's going, oh, no, be careful, John. And so he gave it one heft with a sledgehammer and the top <laughs> of the 
the top of the door frame came out and, and it was like a proper cartoon. Smacked her smack in the middle of the forehead, which knocked her then backwards into the bath and she was unconscious and Dad thought he'd killed her. He oh, really did. She was proper, she was out of it. involved, yeah, gone. Boom. And, uh, and, and so and... she she's off end in the in the bath and um, unconscious. Uh. Which put him into a bit of a panic really. But she did come round. <laughs> And stayed how, long was, how long was she out? Do we know? Oh, there were a couple of Tweety Birds going around there, you know, yeah. a couple of minutes. It was a bit dazed <laughs> and confused. It, 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 in old cartoons, yes, the Tweety Birds, and if you lifted up people's eyelids, it would say, no sail. He <laughs> 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 got knocked out. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and was there any fallout uh, otherwise from this? Did they uh, realise the humour in it, or did she chase him around the house with the sledgehammer? Well, it, it was no. She was in no fit state to chase anybody. We couldn't get her out of the bath. I don't think. Um, <laughs> she 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 was pretty much used to Dad's DIY efforts because it wasn't the first time something had gone wrong. Um, uh, yeah. With regards to doors, he was just a calamity when he came to DIY. Oh, I, on, on my live shows, uh, if I might, at least, um, I used to do because uh, you know everyone's got those DIY stories and they can be apocryphal or whatever. I used to just because after one night in, in passing, I mentioned the old man's DIY, and uh, you're dealing with a man here who never used a baseball when he uh, did had to do. <laughs> my mum would always make him wallpaper the front room after every six months, and he hated it. But he didn't have a baseball, so he'd turn the settee upside down and use that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, there was a stacks and stacks. He used to, hey, my mum Lisa used to, she used to say to him, uh, Fred Front Romney's doing again. I only did it three months ago. What are you trying to kill me? And she, I can't help it. Can't have no one in. It's revolting. And the whole stories of the, uh, we could sit down another time, you, Lisa and I, and talk about our parents and, and how people had to make them amend to a certain degree. They said, we hear a lot about the, the, the patriarchy, but being forced in the old fashioned way to decorate. Oh, man. Oh, Oh man, I once well, I won't go into it, but I once screwed my sock to the floor while making a <laughs> straight through the board I was using, straight through my sock, straight into the floorboard. And when I stood up, off come the sock. My dad secured um, a loose floorboard that was just inside my bedroom, and I think it was kind of like an alarm system for them when I got in late, when I was kind of like late teens, early 20s. But I knew where it was, so I could step over it. And he Did put you? a nail in it. It went straight through the radiator pipe, and about a week later, my mum's sitting, sitting in the living room, and she said, "You know, John, how long have we had a bulge in the in the in the ceiling up there?" And he said, "Well, I've never noticed it before." So, again, without thinking, he goes and gets a, a knife and sticks it yeah. through the bulge in the ceiling, and then down pours gallons down and gallons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just going back, and I know we're nearly out of time on the entire show. He made a system to indicate when you came in late. Well, he didn't make it. It was just like a by default. We got a loose floorboard, but you could tell. Oh. I could tell when everybody sneaked, like my little sister. No, that's I can hear. Yeah, no, that 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 that, that is that, that always the loose floorboard. Uh, must well, I, we can't go. We're going too long. But anyway, Lisa, <laughs> another time, and bless you for taking time because I know you're back at work and bravo. Uh, uh, so thank <laughs> you very much indeed, our, our friend Lisa. There, with also a partial sausage sandwich game reprise. How about that, Pep? That was that was very, very exciting.
It was. That was very so. exciting. Thank you. <laughs> felt like everything was right in the world again. It was. It was very nice. And we'll find a way of doing that again. So I've still got all the questions uh, here. But anyway. Uh, Plus, it gave me a chance to make a dig about the fact that our shower door needs fixing and Simon still hasn't done it. So I, I thought there was. I, did, I thought I saw a little brittleness in the way you said that. Well, we were supposed to have a glass door. It's that laughing that's supposed to have a glass door. Uh, but anyway, perhaps give us something from over there. Well, um, this is from Julian. Um, uh, sticking with mums. Uh, last week's Blazing Salads reference reminded me oh. of my mum's habit of creating portmanteau people, getting names and faces confused. I was watching film whatever it was on the BBC when the Michael Mann film Heat came out and was being reviewed. They were showing the clip where Al Pacino and Robert De Niro come face to face for their first time in their acting careers. And as usual, my mother had nodded off as soon as she'd sat down in front of the TV. Her head wobbled and fell back against the wall with a thud, which instantly woke her up. And in her befuddled state and trying to prove she wasn't falling asleep, she said, oh, oh, look, it's Capone Capone. <laughs> it's Capone Cappuccino. <laughs> I now refer to Pacino and De Niro by the name Capone Cappuccino. She has also combined Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah Winfrey into Winifred Oprah. There's, there's got to be the, the, that kind of portmanteauism or disrespect to Hollywood star's name. I don't know if it carries on, but you know, the, the classic being in Humpty Gokart was always Humpty Gokart. <laughs> it's always uh, his name. In, in my his dad film. has forever called. I mean, it's not quite the same, but my dad has forever called Cliff Richard Stiff Pilchard. But I don't know whether really? that's one of his or from. Uh, that, that's one else. of his, I suspect. Oh, it's uh, old Stiff Pilchard. I didn't know. I was reading in the week, and I, I, I'm not entirely across modern music, uh, uh, but the group Biffy Clyro. Um, you know this the group I only found out this fact two weeks ago as well. Why they're called Biffy Clyro. Tell everyone. Because they had a Cliff Richard pen. Yeah. That they called the Cliff Biro that became the Cliffy Biro. With, which for then Spoonerism, like became Spoonerism Biffy became Biffy Cairo. That's, that's a tremendous way to name a band. Raw, tremendous way to name. Well, well done to them. I intend to look up their back catalogue one of these days. Uh, this is um, uh, it happened while swimming, and this is Ooh. an absolute pip and a dandy, everyone, uh, and hopefully can live up to the rest of the show. Uh, it's from our friend Phil, uh, and it says here, here's an interesting tale. I hope of something lost while swimming. It happened while swimming. My old mum suffered problems with her teeth as a young nursing mother, and the prevailing dental fashion of the times, just post-war, was to remove all her teeth, not just the ones giving her jib, because we know this. Some people used to have that on a gift certificate. Well, not a gift certificate, but they'd have it for their birthday. Uh, first time I found this out, no idea that in the 20s and 30s, to have all your teeth out was seen as a boom. Anyway, uh, a correspondent said that that's right to his mum. That's why, when I came along just a few years later as the fifth of five kids, I only ever knew mum as someone with false teeth. Teeth. Seeing her without her dentures was always comical. <laughs> one occasion of her dental one occasion of her dental nudity stands out, however. Sometime in the late 70s, my parents and I went on holiday to the Algarve. It was great. We had our own villa, and just a five-minute walk away was a lovely beach. One day, when Mum was paddling in the shadows, shallows, and was suddenly she was suddenly hit by a rogue wave, much bigger than the average wave, which swept her off her feet and deposited her upside down in the surf. She was quite a decent swimmer and quickly emerged from the sea, soaked and shocked, but otherwise none the worse for wear. Or so it seemed. She clapped her hand to her mouth and in horror screamed, Me teeth! Me teeth! They're gone! 
gone on the noonday tide. My teeth, she wrote, you've got to find my teeth. And she began to frantically search in the sand at her feet to find the missing pearly whites. The teeth were, it appeared, lost forever, and we were a very long way from home, where Mum would face a f- more than a week now of the remaining holiday with just a gobful of gums. She had no spares. It would be miserable. <gasps> All three of us continued trawling the strand line for the missing molars, but nothing could be found. I dived underwater again and again wearing my new swimming goggles, but nothing. There were a few false alarms, like when I found some seashells in my hand, but those... <laughs> He got them. Oh no! Hang on. <laughs> anyway, uh, as you as you can imagine, Mum was distraught. The embarrassment, the inconvenience, the discomfort, the cost. The search continued for hours in the area where we've been swimming, but by now the tide had turned and the receding ocean revealed no bounty, not so much as a glimpse of the hoped-for treasure. Eventually, the sun began to kiss the horizon and the daylight was fading. Time to abandon the quest and head back to our holiday home and what was going to be a very upsetting second half to the family holidays. As we trudged back along the beach, we kept our eyes on the sand just in case and we came to a wooden breakwater where we would turn inland and head back to the pathway to the villa. There was a little pool just eddying on the tide and there it looked like from a distance something was grinning grinning up at us from the collection of barnacles and seaweed and as we got near it it was both halves of a set of false teeth they were retrieved from the wet sand and found to be undamaged i said no don't put them in mum they might not be yours (laughs) she looked at me Quite rightly, this earned me a dismissive earful from Dad. Of course they're mums. How many sets of false teeth do you think are on a Portuguese beach? Mum was delighted and relieved and not only a little amazed to be reunited with her teeth, especially as when we looked down the beach, we saw we were well over half a mile from the little bar where we had been swimming all day. The wind and the waves had swept their dentures all the way down the beach and up against the breakwater where they'd been deposited. And that is the story of how my mum lost and then regained her wonderful smile while swimming in Portugal. Phil, thank you for the story. And if that isn't parlayed up into a screenplay, I'm not half the writer I think I am. Something quick then, Peps, and we get out of people's way. Well, it's it's actually another, it happened while swimming. Mm Mm-hmm. This is Mark in North Shields. Mm-hmm. On what turned out to be a rather hellish cruise on a small boat around the Greek Bel- Peloponnese Islands, we encountered a jolly ex-military family. The husband and wife with loud, how hell fellow, well-met voices, more suited to parade grounds than a small boat. And their daughter was a very shy, callow girl of 16 who did not want a life similar to her parents. The captain stopped the boat and let us hate-crazed passengers jump off the back into the ocean for a dip. The daughter, Fern, with loud admonishments from her parents, was pressed to join in and very reluctantly and tentatively joined the swimmers. Within minutes, she was stung on the bottom by a jellyfish. Oh. Her parents were delighted, and upon poor Fern's return aboard, gathered passengers around to look at the sting on Fern's bottom. (laughs) This happened more than 20 years ago. I do hope Fern is now living happily in an ashram somewhere (laughs) while her parents are still running the country. Oh, jellyfish. One of these weeks we'll do jellyfish. Terrifying. Terrifying. Those huge box jellyfishes. Mm. 
the Portuguese man of war. Oh. about dentures. Uh, we could have fought back with <laughs> against them then. Uh, just very quickly, because I've been waiting to do this one for weeks. It's about, um, have you ever, what is the most dramatic uh, north, north and south of your CV? Have you ever had a dramatic job change? Dunk says, 2015, I went from a handsomely salaried, self-employed banking ombudsman to a less-than-living-way road manager for the band The Enid. And to truth be told, I wasn't even a fan. They approached me asking for help as you're good with organisational stuff and I was looking for a change. Five years later, I'm still the uh, road manager for the Enid and despite being permanently skinned and the corporate world seems a lifetime ago, I'm all the better for it. The best move I ever made. Now, the Enid may not be everyone's... Uh, uh, they may not have heard of them. I suspect 90%, but the Enid is a perfect band to lead the straight life for. <laughs> Run the theme tune. One, two, three, four. Three, Climb up, come in, let's cozy down Wave goodbye to that silly frown As we chase our cares away In the treehouse The fire's on, it's warm inside We guarantee you'll be satisfied As we laugh the day away In the treehouse Take it away, Danny! Always do, Wisby, and uh, my thanks, of course, to Louise Napoleon Pepper, the great-granddaughter of Ho Chi Minh on the <laughs> other side of town, uh, to Phil Wilding, who cobbles this together into something like coherency as soon as we finish. Something else would give us the platform, but as you know, always chiefly yourselves. We'll see you in a couple of days. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 